What's up, guys? Rick from DFS On Demand here with your DFS preview for this week's WGC Mexico. I am currently hitting refresh on DraftKings every five seconds for the salaries to come out, so I figured I would just record the intro to this video in the meantime. So let's jump into winners from last week. There were a ton of winners of members of DFSOnDemand.com or subscribers to this YouTube channel. Let me shout out a couple of them because the list is pretty long here. Um, Todd, uh, I don't know if you want me to say your last name. So Todd uh, sent me a note, use the core cascading method, which is the method that I used, turned $15 into $370, had a bunch of bullets coming down the stretch. Uh, Coach Beav, I didn't see the total how much you put in but uh came in second in the big $20 for like $26,000 total across the slate awesome there uh Ian used the live leaderboard and the head-to-head matchup tool he it looks like from what I could tell he won like nine matchups had Adam Scott on his betting slip uh very impressive stuff there uh, Josiah uh, picked up Adam Scott at 33 to 1 so turned his $25 into $825 uh Rusco turned his $216 into 25,900 wow uh really good stuff guys and then the Slack channel the DFS on demand Slack channel. Uh, I know MJ Martin was involved in this as well. Uh, killed showdown this week. The, the conversation over there, the use of the live leaderboard, it feels like every week someone from the Slack channel is winning the resurgence or like top fiving it. Uh, so, really good stuff there, guys. Uh, keep up the good work. In terms of the giveaways, so last week, uh, James Sutherland, you won the YouTube comment for a week free of DFSOnDemand.com, so I'll get you set up with that. Literally no one commented on the podcast, so I do not, I don't have a winner. Uh, it would have been the easiest one to win if anyone left an iTunes review. Uh, you would have won it because it would have been only you that I would have drawn. So we'll try this again, and I'll try to sweeten the deal for you. If you would like to win a week access to DFSOnDemand.com, the tools that a lot of these winners are using and the research that is available to you, a couple ways to do that. If you are on YouTube, like this video, make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel and comment below with who you think is going to win this week. If you're listening to uh, audio podcast, specifically on iTunes, go leave a five-star rating and review, say something nice about the show and leave me a way to get in touch with you. Ideally like your Twitter handle. I will also sweeten the pot a little bit. I was at Riviera. I was at Genesis last week and I picked up a couple of logo balls and I know people collect these and I know that they might be of note. So I've got one that is the Genesis Invitational, one that is Riviera Country Club. I will send these out to someone as well. So if you're interested in that, I know people collect them. It's pretty cool. I will, uh, I'll hit you up and I'll draw a name and, and send it out as well. All right, I'm going to go refresh DraftKings now and I'll be back when I have the salaries. All right, we're back. Salaries are out. WGC Mexico. So if you thought, hey, we had a great field last week at Riviera, we certainly did. And you're getting another great field this week with a WGC event. So Mexico City. Club de Golf Chapultepec. I've been practicing that. Uh, what you need to know about it, it plays at super high altitude, something like 7,600 feet. It's a, it's basically a 15% increase in distances is kind of what we've seen. So um, that means if you hit a shot 100 
yards down kind of at sea level it might go 115 up in mexico city so these guys who have played here or have played at high altitude trying to make those calculations are probably getting a little bit of a boost uh, which also means that the course is going to play uh, in theoretically a lot shorter than what it's actually listed at i think the big thing this week is the tree-lined fairways on almost every hole on this course if you hit it uh, very out of you know very far out of the fairway you are in you're in jail it's going to be a lot of trouble so um distance obviously helps everywhere but being able to be on in the fairway and even on the correct side of the fairway you can get some hanging limbs um there are like halves of fairways that you're not going to want to hit uh or else you're gonna have to shape your shot quite a bit on your approach so let's jump into what the key stats are for this week. So when I run my regression model, what I've done is I've only limited this to Chapultepec. Okay. This event used to be the WGC Cadillac championship. It used to be played at Doral. Uh, this is going to be the fourth year here at Chapultepec. So that be careful because when you go look at course history or tournament history, I should say, and you see that Adam Scott, who just won last week at Genesis also won this event. He did it at Doral. He did not do it here in Mexico. So that might not mean anything to you, but just be aware that there are multiple courses in play for this week when you look at the tournament history. Uh, but for my model, this is only Chapultepec. And what I notice here, and this is kind of rare, is almost every single one of the most common stats. Those are the stats like the strokes gained metrics, driving distance, the ones that I believe to be generally the better stats on the PGA Tour or ones that have quite a bit of sample size for these golfers. Almost every single one of them is a top 10 stat, meaning it is more important here than almost any other course on the PGA Tour out of the 50 courses that they play on the PGA Tour regularly. So the most important stat actually looks to be driving distance, or actually what I should really say that is, is golfers who hit the ball far have had a lot more success here at Chapultepec than a lot of other courses. That's obviously driven a lot by DJ, who has won here twice, but good to know. Uh, strokes gained around the green. Fifth most, uh, the stat is fifth most important here compared to other courses on the PGA Tour. Then you get putting, but I mean, look at these. All, all of them are top 10 stats, birdie or better, strokes gain total, tee to green, off the tee. All of them are ninth or lower, which is something we rarely see. So when it's like that, trying to figure out which ones to actually go with can actually be more difficult. So I'm I'm just relying back on uh, birdie or better because it's four rounds. You never want to be out of it. It, it is a no-cut event. Um, being able to make a bunch of birdies, uh, make a charge on, on Saturday or something like that after a bad round is usually pretty critical in these events and birdie makers find their way to the top of the board. And then obviously I want off the tee, but I want guys that hit a lot of fairways because of those tree line situations. So that's what I'm going for this week. Um, we will jump back and forth between the key stats here, but let's get over to the cheat sheet and see what this field actually looks like. Five guys priced over 10,000, led by Rory McElroy at 11,500, Dustin Johnson at 11,000, Justin Thomas at 10,8, John Rahm at 10,6, and Hideki Matsuyama at 10,000. It's a very much similar situation to what I believe we talked a lot about last week, where it, it was hard to differentiate between a lot of these guys at the top. I, I think it's interesting that Rory, uh, you know, for for all intents and purposes, was 
the best player in the field last week for like 71 holes or 70 holes. And he made a triple on five on Sunday. He backed that up immediately with a bogey on six and he was out of it. Uh, but outside of that, he was basically the best player in the field. Um, I don't think there is, you know, much, I mean, obviously Adam Scott was great, but Rory, I, you know, I'm not afraid to go out and roster Rory again. He finished second here last year. He finished seventh two years ago. The only two times he's played this event at Chapultepec, he's the number one player in the world. He makes a ton of birdies. He's awesome off the tee. I could spend 35 more minutes listing off the superlatives around Rory McIlroy. I don't think it's necessary. If you can fit him in your lineup, you get him in your lineup. Now, the rest of these guys are a lot more interesting. Um, Dustin Johnson, I imagine, is going to be uh, very, very popular this week, not only because he's won this event twice in the last three years, and the year that he didn't win it, he finished seventh, but it just feels like he's trending in the right direction. So let me pull up his player profile really quickly here. Here's DJ's player profile on DFSOnDemand.com. And you can see um, Century of Tournament of Champions. I mean, absolutely brutal at the end of the year. No no denying that. Seventh at the Tournament of Champions, uh, you know, after he got that, that knee procedure done. And he played all right at the President's Cup as well. Uh, he actually went over to Saudi Arabia in this me- in the meantime here and finished second. Then AT&T Pebble Beach, he played well, uh, except for basically one round. He really punted it away on Sunday when things got difficult. And then the Genesis, you know, he finishes 10th, but doesn't really do anything spectacular. He played well thir- uh, Friday. He played well Saturday, but couldn't put four rounds together. I would say if I have concerns, it's this stretch of golf right here. DJ's now lost strokes putting in eight of his last 10 measured events, which is pretty scary and pretty unlike DJ considering he gained in, I believe it's 26 of his previous 40 tournaments before that. So for him to flip like that, um, really has me concerned to be, to be quite frank. But if we say putting's volatile, he did gain at the Genesis, which is good. He gained a little over a shot and a half. If he starts rolling it, um, even, even average, even, you know, just gain, I don't know, two shots over the course of four rounds. You think he's going to be at the top of every single leaderboard. But, uh, I do actually think as much as I like him, I think it's probably a good fade, uh, which can absolutely come back to bite you. He's, he's trending. I just think his ownership, like he's just going to suck it all up. Uh, out of the 10K range here. And you've got Rory, you've got JT, um, who I think people are going to kind of write off after the the miscut last week, and he looked pretty terrible across the board. John Rom, John Rom, let's look up John Rom's uh, player profile here. His floor is so high. Uh, it felt like he did not even have his remotely his best stuff last week, and he finished in a tie for 17th. Uh, gains on approach, gains on approaches nearly every single week gains off the tee nearly every single week. Um, it's just like his floor is so low or I'm sorry, excuse me. His floor is so high. Uh, we've talked about how all of his ridiculous finishes have been since the U S open last year. Like he would be a fine play around here. Like I just, that's why I'm just thinking DJ is going to be a tough uh, a tough ad or a tough guy to roster in something like a really big GPP. If you're trying to win it. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily, you know, the guy for me, Hideki is the last guy in the $10,000 range. 
Hideki's trending, man. Let's go look at the live leaderboard. Um, and this is the live leaderboard from last week at the Genesis. And this updates every 15 minutes. This is a free tool. So I know a lot of you use this for showdown. It's how I use it. I use it for match by uh, round by round betting. Super awesome. Um, this is from the Genesis. So if we just sort by strokes gain T to green, Hideki lapped the field last week. Okay, nearly two shots better than the next guy who was Bryson and then right behind him was Adam Scott. So he gained nearly 12 and a half strokes tee to green. Uh, I believe he led the field off the tee. Yeah, led the field off the tee. Uh, second in the field around the green. And then like 93rd in putting. Uh, lost three and a half strokes putting and finished three shots behind Adam Scott, which I, I know... Hideki can't putt. I know that, but I'm addicted to these unbelievable ball strikers and these guys that, um, you know, like if they just, just putt. Okay. Just putt. Okay. And, and, and Hideki's won two WGCs before. Like this is a, this is definitely the type of setup, the type of event that really should suit his game. All right. The next tier here, the nine thousands Webb Simpson down to Bryson DeChambeau. Adam Scott is here. Xander's here. Tommy Fleetwood is here. I will tell you, I immediately flocked to Bryson at 9,000 and I know it's going to be volatile because he's trying to figure out this new swing. There's a lot of stuff going on, but he's been pretty good. Let's go back to that live leaderboard here. If I sort back by strokes gain T to green, you heard me mention it. 10 and a half strokes tee to green last week. He lost one and a half putting another guy who finished three shots behind Adam Scott felt like he was going to kind of steal this. He was really the one guy near the top of the leaderboard that never had like a really good day. Hideki was seven under on Saturday on the the third round. Adam Scott had his seven under round on Friday. Uh, Bryson just goes three under one under two under two under doesn't do anything spectacular, but plays well all four days. Don't quote me on this. I think he's the only guy who broke par all four days. I'm trying to look through this right now uh, very quickly, and I believe that is correct. So very consistent. And the thing about Bryson, this is very much narrative-based, which I I don't like getting into, but this is Chapultepec. It's 7,600 feet. Um, When you put these guys in a situation where they're going to have to make adjustments and they're going to have to recalculate all of their distances for their clubs... Who do you trust to calculate that correctly? DJ? I mean, I guess he's done it. I guess he's done it twice. So yeah, I guess I do trust DJ or whoever's doing it behind the scenes for him. But I trust Bryson kind of in this situation, right? To get out there early, get the track man out and figure out what his numbers are leading up to uh, leading up to Thursday. So like there is to me something to that. Remember that this is a guy who won five times in like a 17 month span. He can win on the PGA tour. He's going through this swing change, this body change right now. He's going to figure this out. So my eyes immediately jumped to Bryson. Um, and then outside of that, you know, Xander didn't play well last week. Uh, or I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. He did not, did not putt well last week. I know after like two or three rounds, he was having one of his worst uh, putting performances of all time. I think he cleaned it up a little bit. He ended up finishing T23. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it is a no-cut event. These are the things that he usually succeeds in, but I'm not as excited to play him. I think Adam Scott is probably... Uh, you're probably just overpaying for this, right? You're paying coming off the win and the fact that he has won this event in the past, even though it wasn't here, 
not super thrilled about it. Um, I don't have any problem with Webb. I mean, he's accurate, deadly accurate off the tee. He's going to be just fine. But again, not not as excited. Um, let's jump over to the key stats really quickly here. And I will, let's go through um, some of the valuable ones here. So driving distance. Bryson leads the way. So that new body is working. 314 and a half yards. Then Jason Kokrak at $7,000. Bubba at 82. Benny on at 7,400 and Scotty Scheffler at 71. That rounds out the top five. Uh, strokes gain around the green. I usually don't love this stat, but considering it is one of the more important ones here, Jordan Spieth leads the way, gaining a shot per round around the green. He's $8,000. Hideki is here at 10,000. Hideki, I don't think people realize how good he is around the greens. He can't putt. Literally cannot putt to save his life, but super good around the greens. Uh, Rory at 11,500 is third. Adam Scott is fourth. And Brant Snedeker is uh, fifth on this list. And then just for my you know, sanity, let's look at strokes gain T to green here. And you'll see Rory laps the field, uh, two and a quarter shots gains per round. Xander just under two. Webb just under 1.9. Hideki 1.8. Justin Thomas 1.7. And then I'll actually go one more. Colin Morikawa at $8,500. That's the next tier. And I got to say this about Morikawa. He could have easily just given up and punted Genesis away. Um, I believe he went out his opening nine on Thursday. I think he went out in 40, um, which is not good. He could have easily said, I'm, I'm done here. He grinds it back. And there was a point on Sunday where he was in the top 10. Um, he ran into a big number. I forget what, I forget what number it is, but he was like four under through his first four holes. He made a bogey on like six or seven, something like that. And then he made like a triple later in the round, but it was a lot of good holes in a row, basically two and a half really good rounds in a row for Morikawa, who has still yet to miss a cut in his professional career. I think he's now 20 for 20. Um, and what I like to see out of that is the grind. It's the grind that I talk about with Jordan Spieth a lot, where especially in a no cut event, he's not giving this away. Like he thinks he's in it every single round of the tournament and he showed that. So that's really exciting. Um, you know, basically five straight top 25s for Morikawa. He's someone that I think is a, a pretty, in a pretty good spot at 8,500. The rest of these guys in the 8,000, I mean, they're fine. You know, I'm, I'm not again, sprinting to, to roster a lot of these guys. Um, Jordan Spieth played here a lot, but you know, kind of, I guess by his standards over the years, pretty underwhelming. Um, I'm just trying to look back at the last three years. So just these first three here to see like, Hey, what have they all done at Chapultepec? I mean, Bubba is the only one with a top 10 here out of all of the, no, I guess not all of the $8,000 guys, but from, uh, Morikawa down to Matthew Fitzpatrick, which is 8,500 and down. Um, there's only one top 10 in the last three years and it's Bubba Watson two years ago. The top end of the 8,000s, that's where the course history lives. That's where Paul Casey is, 3rd, 12th, and 16th. Sergio, 6th, 7th, and 12th in the three years at Chapultepec. So if you're looking for course history uh, and don't mind the recent form of Kuchar, I'm sorry, of uh, Casey and Sergio, that might be a pretty good place to look. The sub $8,000 range Sung J M is at 7,900 and I already bet him at 66 to one. Um, this to me, you know, coming off of the one 
the miss cut last week, which he uh, made bogey on 18 to miss the cut on the number. It's rare. He hadn't missed the cut since the open championship last year. He's young. He's going to bounce right back. He still is one of the best ball strikers on the PGA tour. Obviously that's not going to change after two rounds at Riviera. I think he's like top 10. Don't quote me on this. I don't have the stat in front of me. He's like top 10 in birdie average on the PGA tour. And again, when we get to these no cut events, I want birdie makers and Sung Jay at 79. Like when you compare him to like answers, fine, like whatever, Matthew Fitzpatrick, but like Brandon Grace, Shane Lowry, like I, I'm pretty sure Sung Jay is significantly better than the rest of these guys here. I assume will still be popular. People are, are getting sharper about you know, missing a cut and just forgetting about it. But I know he was popular last week and there is going to be some percentage of you that have written him off and have written off Bubba um, and have written off whoever else, you know, missed the, missed the cut by one shot, Jason day, right. Who burned people last week. Like I know people are going to stay away from golfers after they do that. So I'm, I'm right back in on, on Sung Jay. And then the rest of this range, um, it's kind of interesting. I don't know. I mean, I'll have to see as I start building these lineups here. Um, you know, Bern Wiesberger, he's like the 22nd or 23rd ranked player in the world. I believe he's missed a couple of cuts recently on the on the Euro Tour, uh, which is obviously driving down. Uh, he was like 135 to 1 to win this golf tournament, which I think is pretty egregious. Um, but he's there at 74. I always love Benny on who is great Tita green and just can't putt. We haven't seen him since the waste management when he finished in a tie for ninth. That's just great. Um, the 70, uh, like the low 7,000. So Billy Horschel, who has he really not played since, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong line here. Uh, Terrell Hatton, po- apologies, peeps. Um, Terrell Hatton who won recently, uh, do not quote me on the event. I can go look it up, but it was recently on the, on the European tour a couple weeks ago, uh, three top 20 finishes in a row here at Chapultepec 19th, a third, two years ago and a 10th, three years ago. That's someone who's pretty interesting. If you're looking for salary cap relief. And then you start getting into the guys that um, have qualified for one reason or another. So I believe this is, so there's 72 players in the field. It is um, top 50 in the world. And then there's like exemptions for other tours, right? Like the, I think the Asian tour gets a couple spots, all that stuff. So then you start getting into these guys that are, are qualifying for those reasons. Um, I don't know how he got in, but Scotty Scheffler is here. Scotty Scheffler has popped already a handful of times this season, very long off the tee, finished 30th last week. Um, then it starts to get a little bit scary. Like, I mean, Lucas Herbert, who has already won this year. He can keep the Australian thing going. Like I'm not necessarily interested in that. I still can't believe we're in this situation where Lonto is 6,700 bucks. I tweeted out uh, last week. Actually, I'm going to pause. I'm going to go get the updated. I'm going to get the updated value. Actually, I don't even have to pause. I can go get the updated value matrix on this right now because I tweeted out last week about when Lonto is under $7,500, uh, basically how, how much value he's returned. He's 68 again this week. Let's see what he did. All right. So he returned last week. 8.3 times value, 57 DraftKings points. Now keep in mind, scoring in general was down last week because of how difficult um, Riviera was. He still finished in, I believe, a tie for 37th, okay? So now you get to a place where 
you're guaranteed four rounds. Uh, I don't know. I just like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why he's still priced here. I mean, he could have easily been $7,700, $7,600. He's 68 or 60, 67, 67. It's even worse. Um, so here you go. Last, last handful of times, 6,800 at the Genesis got you eight times value. Uh, 7,200 at Pebble Beach got you 11 times. He stunk at waste management, but then he went and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, basically 10 straight times before that returns you 10 times value when he's priced under $7,500. I just, again, this kind of, you know, compare him to his peers, right? Would you rather Lonto or uh, Sebastian Munoz? who I actually think are both on my like DraftKings pat mayo season long draft team uh you know matt wallace is here eric van ruin guys you don't hear a lot of like i would i think i would much rather have the known entity of lonto griffin um and plug him in there all right i think that'll do it wgc mexico club de golf chapultepec practice that one all week uh a lot of good stuff coming out this week content coming out my ears um tell me what you think tweet me at rick Rungood. leave a comment below talk to you guys soon good luck